0: ready to get down to business join seasoned entrepreneur community leader and army veteran scott shalom klein who will take you behind the scenes with those who work in america's small business scene and speak with leaders making an impact creating jobs and telling their story in entrepreneurship so let's get down to business on am 560 the answer here's your host shalom klein
1: and indeed, we are all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship in business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always get on my website at syklein.com. That's where you can get a sneak peek of who's going to be on next week on this program. Um, so super excited for this conversation. I'm thrilled to be joined by Aaron Salko, founder and creator of the Ninth uh, Stratum. And he's a sales management professional with the innovative solutions-based company, uh, Stefan Gold. And uh, we're going to talk all about his new book, um, the Ninth Stratum, Your Guide to High Performance. Um, we know that uh, that when you've reached a level of success in your career, I believe it's called the Ninth Stratum, you have to start assessing what tasks are worth your time and what can be handled by others on your team. That's why I'm thrilled to be joined by Aaron. Aaron, welcome to the program. Shalom. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's such a pleasure. So we know that successful leaders know that not all tasks are the best use of their time and attention. And that's where delegation comes in. But Aaron, where did you get involved in this? Tell us a little bit about yourself and why you became so passionate about this topic.
2: Yeah. Um, as I g- got better at my job, obviously, my sphere of influence grew. And, you know, I took on bigger and more intricate teams. And so there was one point where, you, you know, you, as a leader, you want to do it all. And you really have to take a step back and say, okay, how do I delegate? How do I empower you know who wants the ball? Who's ready to take on the task? And when you begin to do that, man, your bandwidth opens up, and uh, you also see some uh, highlights of the team come come to life. Uh, and yeah, that's when you that's when you also see the high performers step up.
1: Oh, no question about it. Absolutely. So, uh, so you've you've been driven to write this fantastic read. I, I hesitate to call it a book because really it's a it's almost like a how to guide. Um, so, uh, so, so let's, let's talk about why you would recommend someone begin using the ninth stratum to improve their performance.
2: Yeah. And, and I appreciate the sentiment. Thank you. Um, you know, the intention of the book was to take a holistic approach to, to human performance. And that's why we did what we did. It wasn't just about, Hey, I did this. So you go do this. What I did is it was a ton of research, um, a ton of uh, tactical applications in the field of play, And, you know, boiling it down to, okay, what what can we do with our mind and our body every day that improves the way we operate and and helps us get to that ninth stratum, that level of operating of high performers? And, um, you know, so that's that's where the book, you know, uh, began. And as far as the spectrum of high performance, you know, we we looked at so many different skills that high performers exude it and low performers were deficient in. And we broke these skills down into five categories, mentality, cognitive abilities, mastery of emotion, um, relationships, and the one that everybody forgets about, personal health. And so, as you can see, you have this this wide spectrum of human performance where you can now begin to pick it apart and see where you fall in the stratums of each. Um, One more thing, the stratums is a learning scale. It allows individuals to really self-assess and not good or bad. It's not an A or or F or or C type of scale. It's where am I in the learning of each of these skills? So if I'm not learning about a skill and then applying it and then getting to a level of mastery where I've developed my own process and I can teach it to others, well, then I need to continue my journey in that skill. And so that self-assessment is really something that holds people accountable to themselves Uh, and um, it it is working, uh, and we're pretty happy to see that.
1: Absolutely. So you talk in the ninth stratum, again, your guide to high performance. I know it's available wherever uh, books can be found. We'll talk more about that in a moment, Um, but you talk about what separates that performance-based skill from any other hard career skill, and I know that's something that entrepreneurs tuning into this program will want to learn a little bit about. What do you mean by that? Great question.
2: So, you know, They've done multiple studies. Actually, Google's founders did a study on what they, you know, the success rates of the individuals that really um, propelled through Google versus the ones that failed. And they found that, you know, a lot of these skills weren't the hard tactical career skills. They were the soft skills. And I hate the word soft skills because there's nothing soft about the soft skills. These are the performance based skills. And that's the term we've coined. What separates the soft skills from the hard skills is, There's a criteria. The criteria is a skill must be able to be taught, learned, applied and improved upon. So that's the criteria we set for the 45 performance based skills. What separates them from career skills is it's not something that you're going to learn in in college. It's not it's not something that you read a book and and begin to apply as a fundamental of your career. These are the skills like composure, self-discipline, uh, how engaging you are, and then if, if you go into the personal health aspect of it, your sleep quality. Um, how about the your purpose, your purposeful nutrition? And so, if, as you can probably imagine, when you put all these skills together, you see these high performers out there that really um, live the life of these skills, and, and they're always trying to improve themselves day after day. They've never arrived. They're always looking to be better than they were yesterday. Absolutely.
1: So, in the book, you also uh, speak about studying low performers. Um, You've you've briefly touched on this, but why do you take this approach?
2: Well, everybody can study the high performers, and the high performers are very motivational when you listen to them. But when we studied the low performers, we saw what skills they were deficient in, and 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 how those skills impacted their ability to get from point A to point B, and. You know, when you look at high performers, you only see the skills that they really exuded. When you looked at the low performers, all these other skills came to light and we're like, oh, wow, we've, we've got to be able to capture this because if these skills are imperative
1: to performance, then, you know, the world needs to know about these. Absolutely. No question about it. This is a tremendous, tremendous uh, tool and skill. Uh, the ninth stratum, again, that, that idea of, of, of really reaching that epitome of, of, of performance Um, which is great. So, I mean, I'm going to cut to the chase here. Can anybody be a high performer? Uh, Unequivocally, yes. Uh, But there's two things that I
2: cannot give you. uh, Your parents cannot give you and your your superiors cannot give you. Uh, Drive and effort. If you've got drive and effort, then okay, let's go. Uh, You can get on the path. Uh, But you've got to be motivated to want to improve. And so if you have these two things, Um, The book lays it out for you from everything from how you're showing up to how you communicate, to how you build relationships, to how you manage your emotions, all the way through to visionary thinking, because everybody can be a visionary thinker. We just have to have a process to that. Um, So, yes, everyone can be a high performer.
1: That is uh, that's great. And uh, again, this is all about those uh, those practical uh, bits of uh, uh, of information that a small business owner, an entrepreneur, but frankly, any professional can use to, uh, to really make a difference. And it's, it's really, uh, appropriate that we're having this conversation at the end of 2023, as we move into a new year, everybody's focused on those new year's resolutions, how they can make things better. So I'm, we only have about two minutes remaining. Uh, how can, uh, a business owner implement this within their teams there? And what can they do to, 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 to make things better, um, within their organizations?
2: That's a great question. So I've seen this done and we've done workshops on this, but the business, the business owners, not only can they look and and apply it to their own lives, because as leaders, we always tend to think, okay, we're on the pinnacle. We made it and and we're we're good to go. But there's a ton of of skills that we need to work on. But with the teams we've had, we've had leaders and individuals and and departments take the book, read a chapter and then go, okay, how do we apply this to our, our not only our lives, but our careers? And they go through that as a systematic curriculum to get everybody moving in the right direction. So it's been a very powerful tool for a lot of companies. And I've gotten some unbelievable feedback. Uh, and I'm really happy that it's helping people to achieve what they
1: what they thought was uh, generally impossible. Absolutely. I've been chatting with Aaron Selko, founder and creator of the ninth stratum, sales management professional. And, um, and, and really, uh, <laughs> I, I know we, we, we've been touching on well, you've been focusing on for more than two decades, focusing on human performance in both career and life and a highly competitive entrepreneurial-based global sales environment. You pack so much into this book, which is what you do into life. It's called The Ninth Stratum, Your Guide to High Performance. Aaron, we're just about out of time, and I want to make sure our listeners can get in touch with you and, of course, find a copy of the book. How can they do it?
2: Yeah, uh, you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, that's probably the best to uh, maybe set up a meeting or just talk and learn and, and share information. But the uh, book can be found on Amazon and any other site that has ebooks or audiobooks. And uh, you can always go to our site, uh, stratum-9.com and it's N-I-N-E. There you'll be, we're soon to launch our, our, our third version of the site. You're going to be able to do the self-assessment of the 45 performance-based skills and find out more about how you can improve your performance throughout your
1: job and your life. Aaron, really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks so much for sharing your passion and your expertise with our listeners. Um, we have to cut to a quick break here, but we've got a lot more small business jobs and entrepreneurship on the program this week. Um, and be sure to check out our sponsors, Tom Arabali from HealthPlanChicago.com, HealthPlanChicago.com for all of your health insurance, affordable care needs. And give them a call at 630-863-3477, 630-863-3477. And of course, get on your favorite podcast app. Search for Get Down to Business and be sure to rate, review, and share, but you won't miss a single episode that way. Again, quick break on Get Down to Business. We'll be right back. Hey, we're back on the show all about small business shops, and entrepreneurship. And this is the time of year. I keep saying this over and over again. You'll hear it again many more times on the program this week. It's the season for New Year's resolutions. Everybody's trying to... Uh, get set up for success. And that's what my next guest is all about. That's Derek Mazzarella. He's a speaker, author, financial advisor, and he has been committed to helping individuals pursue financial freedom. He has a strong background in management from Bryant University and a passion for assisting others, which led him to become a financial planner. Derek, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for joining us.
3: Well, thank you for having me on.
1: Absolutely. Um, You have quite the impressive background. I know... uh, You've sort of ridden the, uh, the, 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 the storm over here um, through the financial crisis. You've been talking with folks. Anybody's willing to listen, again, about getting set up for success. So, Derek, let's, uh, let's start with that uh, topic. Uh, why did you get into the world of certifi- certified financial planning?
3: Uh, you, I kind of just fell into it, really. Um, I, I kind of, going back, had uh, kind of an interest you know, even from a younger age, dating back to high school and even college about finance. Uh, But my first job out of college was actually with, with Aflac. But I was, you know, selling a lot of supplemental insurance. It wasn't a great fit for me. Um, And then about a year and a half into it, 2008 happened. Uh, You know, when you sell Aflac, it's a lot of um, businesses you're working with and they laid off a ton of employees. So I, I lost probably about a third of my book of business. Um, But i had been networking with a financial advisor, over that year and a half. And at one point he said, well, why don't you just come work with me? And I thought, um, that sounds like something that I'd be interested in. I really enjoy learning about finance. And I thought, you know, I've got an opportunity to help people here. And worst case scenario, if I absolutely fail at it, hopefully I'll learn some things that I can actually apply to my own life. So that's kind of how well, I got into it.
1: Well, you certainly have not failed because I know you've helped so many folks. And you know, I, I want to dive right in. We know many people are not fully prepared for retirement. Let's call it what it is. I mean, certainly people are looking at the ND or they're looking at their at their retirement accounts. What are some of the practical one or two items that they can do to help their situation?
3: Well, honestly, the first thing you really can do is, is save. Uh, most people really underestimate how much things cost in retirement. Um, things like healthcare, even just the basic expenses, uh, they add up over time and they overestimate how much income, what they have saved, will generate for them in retirement. Um, so I think the number one thing you could do is is start saving. Um, you know I hate rules of thumb, but generally you want to look to save probably 15 to 20% of your income uh, that's gross income, uh, and that'll really set you up nicely for retirement.
1: Absolutely. So what are some of those uh, simple tips beyond just retirement savings, but just in general that you've seen or that you've advised your uh, your clients, um, but especially our audience today, that they can implement even at the end of the year that can have that big impact on their finances. Saving certainly very important. You got to put that money away.
3: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that's always the basics, right? But going beyond that, um, I think one of the things I've learned working through clients and also doing research for the book uh, is that people really underestimate the impact and the cost of taxes in retirement. So some short things we can do this year are when you have a volatile market like we've had last year and this year, there's potentially some opportunities to do what's called tax loss harvesting. And that's essentially where if let's say you have owned a stock, let's say it was I don't know, Apple or Amazon, name it, um, and you lost five or $10,000 of value, you could actually sell that stock, realize that loss. So now you're actually capturing that five or $10,000 loss. And you could use that to offset future income. Um, So you could actually offset up to $3,000 a year of income if you're uh, filing married, your tax returns, or uh, $1,500 if you're filing singly. Um, So that's one opportunity. Um, The other thing you could do in in down markets is I'm a big fan of looking at Roth conversions. So Roth conversions occur when you have money in, let's say, a a traditional IRA. So an IRA that's never been taxed. uh, And then you take it to convert it to a Roth IRA, which means... You pay the taxes today, but all future gains moving forward will be tax free. Um, So those are a couple of things I've been talking with clients Uh, end of the year. Always a good time to look at, um, you know, if you're if you are itemizing, looking at charitable contributions and making deductions that way. Um, So those are some of the the smaller things I would look at that could make an impact if you do it over and over again.
1: Absolutely. And so. You know, there's a lot of our listeners that are that might be further away from retirement. And, you know, they're, they're rolling their eyes because they're hearing, oh, my gosh, they're talking about, I'm getting down to business. They're talking about retirement again. It's not something that that's even partially on my radar. What would you say to them? What's something that they can do now
3: uh, to set something up for later? Yeah, well, I, I think that's a great point um, because when things are that far off, we just automatically assume it's not important or I'll get to it later. Uh, one of the things I'd really love to stress to the younger folks listening uh, is that retirement just gets more expensive the longer you wait? Right. So uh, it may take you, you know, saving $200 a month now to set yourself up for retirement. And if you wait to 50, you're probably going to cost yourself $2,500 know, $2, to $3,000 a month to do the same, to, to get to the same spot. Um, so I'd really, really look at okay, what can I start putting away now? Uh, and there's also things I would bring up too are not everything has to go into a 401k or an IRA. Um, you can invest in an investment account now and you can actually push that money forward. So you may be able to use it for something shorter term, like buying a house or buying an investment property if you're into that. Um, or you can just kind of keep pushing that money forward towards retirement. So setting up money that's not just in an IRA or just in a, a retirement vehicle uh, can really help you, you know, short term and long term to give you that flexibility.
1: Yeah, 100%. I'm chatting with Derek Mazzarella, uh, who is a dedicated financial advisor. Um, And I know, Derek, you have uh, written a book. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. And uh, many of your financial insights have been featured on news stations around the country. And it's earned you a prestigious five-star wealth professional in 2018, 19, 21, and 22. So congratulations on that. Your book is called Just Retire Already, an unconventional... Uh, re- uh, retirement. I mean, it, it's really you. Uh, you. You. You pack a lot of the the guidance that that we've been talking about. What drove you to write that book, and what some of the things that um you write about that maybe not that, that that's not in other uh, of the many many uh, books about retirement.
3: Sure. Uh, well, I think uh, two things really kind of drove me to to write the book. Uh, you know, first, one of the challenges we have as as advisors is we're really limited in our time, and, and typically who we can work with. So I can't work with 20,000 people. I can realistically work with maybe 150 to 200 and do a really good job with those 200 or so folks. Um, So I wanted to part what I learned over the years to more people make the learning that I've had more accessible. Um, The other piece of it is I just found that uh, a lot of financial books can be kind of boring if you're really not into it. I mean, I love them. I find them interesting, but I know the average person, Probably looks at a book and and rolls their eyes and says, "Oh, this just seems too daunting to me." So I really wanted to make a book that was actually had good content that you can learn and take something away from it, and also maybe laugh along the way and just made it simple and easy to understand. So that was really the the impetus for for writing the book. Um, you know, I think in terms of looking at what's something that you can get out of there that's probably something you haven't heard of. Uh, one of the things I really try and do in the book is is talk about what we're usually taught growing up and how a lot of those issues um, can arise um, and create other problems down the line. You know, we talked about taxes recently, but I'll give you the tax example. I I think we're always taught, um, put money into pre-tax 401k, save on taxes today. Almost every CPA has backward looking tax planning where they try and maximize or minimize how much you pay in taxes uh, this year, because they think they do a good job when, Hey, look! I saved you fifteen hundred dollars in taxes this year. Give me a pat on the back. Uh, when down the line, that can cost you four or five thousand dollars in retirement. Um, so, one of the things I really talk about is is how everything is interrelated. So, if we have everything in a pre-tax four hundred one k, and then we start taking money out in retirement, all that money's taxed, which isn't great. Uh, but then that has a ripple effect on some other things. So, almost every retiree is going to be on Medicare, uh, and if you have uh, different Medicare brackets go up. Most people don't realize this, but your Medicare expenses, if you go up two brackets, doubles the cost of Medicare. Um, so I really make an outline and make it sure that people are aware of, Hey, if I'm doing something over here, it can have a ripple effect elsewhere. And I want to make sure people are aware and how, how you kind of plan around that with you know tax strategies now and tax strategies later.
1: Well, that's why folks need to talk to Derek Mazzarella. Uh, Derek, you've packed a lot of advice, the the, the, the positives as well as the negatives. Um, into this conversation, and you have a book. Um, you've got a lot of advice. uh, I know that's floating around with your name, Um, Derek. How can our listeners get in touch with you, and if they want to continue the conversation?
3: Well, uh, one of the easiest ways is you can go to my website, Just Retire Already. Uh, There, you can get the book. Uh, You can get the book on Amazon, Walmart, uh, Barnes and Noble, wherever you find books. Uh, But there's also a contact section, so if you want to reach out to me ask me questions even, or shoot me an email, book a time on my calendar. Um, you can do that on the, the resources page and the make an impact page as well. So yeah, just um, retire
1: already.com. And I know you're also available on LinkedIn as well. We'll link in the show notes as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got to squeeze in some headlines, commercials, a quick break here on the show, all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Derek Mazzarella, uh, certainly enjoyed the conversation. We've got a lot more in store for you on the program. So don't touch on the dial. You're listening to got time in Business. We'll be right back. Definitely feeling it in the air. Thanksgiving is over. We're moving into the holiday season. We've got Christmas. We've got Hanukkah. We've got Kwanzaa. We've got all sorts of great holidays coming up. And and definitely, I I know people hopefully are starting to slow down, maybe take a little bit of that time off, spend time with family. We're grateful for having survived another year. We've made it through 2023. Well, almost. We got another month to go. You've almost made it. And um, while personally, certainly I'm grateful, I'm grateful for Everybody on this uh, on this program, all the people behind the scenes that make it happen, I'm grateful to you, our listeners. I want to share some advice as it relates to uh, to small business. We know that small businesses wouldn't be where you are today without value customers. The holiday season and the new year can be an ideal opportunity to say thank you and show your appreciation. If you're looking for ways to say thank you for supporting your small business, I want to share some ideas. Thanking customers can be an easy way to foster business loyalty. If you show your appreciation in a tangible way, customers may be more likely to continue purchasing from your business and interacting with your content or initiatives. So if you're looking to build customer loyalty and show your appreciation to customers, I've put together a couple of ideas that will help not only with long-term clients, but also can appeal to new and returning customers. Um, so expressing gratitude doesn't have to be rocket science. A tried and true way to share warm regards within your customers is to thank them for their support. After each purchase, you might send a, a thank you email or include a small note with their order. As a small business, every order means so much to us from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you for supporting your operation and shopping small this holiday season. By the way, thing of shopping small, we know that Again, uh, you know, it's definitely going to be that opportunity for you to support small business, not just on one specific day, but they're out there an the entire month. And whether you're an entrepreneur tuning in, you know how important this is, but everybody tuning in, please make sure you support your local small businesses. But Thank you messages can also go deeper. It can go deeper for those who have done repeat business with you. Send special notes or emails that aren't connected to a specific sale to make your company stand out. You can use something like this template. Just wanted to send a quick note, to say that we appreciate your business. No matter where you last shopped with us, we wouldn't be where we are today without your support. And thank you notes to valued customers may be even more special if they're handwritten. You may want to send handwritten note cards during the holidays or just mail them during a slow period for your business. So here's an example that I've seen that has worked well. It's one of our most loyal customers. You're a huge part of the reason our business is where it is today to wanted to share a special promotion with you. And then you'd put those details in. Customer appreciation badges may include physical buttons or even digital stickers. It may include titles like valued customer, or brand ambassador to thank your most loyal supporters for their continued patronage. And of course, genuine gratitude is great, but it's also beneficial to offer real value to your best customers. Consider thanking them by sending out a discount code or coupon that they could use on a future order. An example of that would be something saying something like, we're so thankful for all your continued business throughout the years. As a token of our appreciation, enjoy this discount code for up to X percent off your next purchase. You can also express your gratitude by including a small token with your order. This may work either in person or online. Just include a short note to explain something like, thank you for shopping small this holiday season. Enjoy this extra gift on us as a token of our gratitude. And businesses with a physical location can invite loyal customers inside for a special buying experience that can also include free samples. This may encourage future purchases while also expressing your thanks. You can say something like, as one of our most loyal customers, we want you to be the first to know we're hosting a special event on this date and time. Visit us to enjoy free samples of our products and mingle with our customers. And social media can be the perfect place to express thanks to a wide base of customers. Consider offering a giveaway along with your heartfelt message of thanks. Wow, 100,000 followers to share our appreciation for each and every one of, of you who follows our content. Here's a giveaway. Small trinkets like stickers are inexpensive, but they provide just enough of a special touch that your customers are likely to remember the experience. I've seen a really cute line that I wrote down and I wanted to share it with all of our listeners. A line when you give out a sticker, it says, we're stuck on you. Just wanted to say thank you for supporting our small business this holiday season. And if you want to create a truly positive experience that makes your best customers feel appreciated, consider offering special hours just for them. Send out an email to your best customers, inviting them to a private sale or loyal customer only hours. Say something like, we're inviting all of our best customers to a special shopping event, enjoy exclusive deals and unique shopping experiences. And thank you for your continued patronage. So I know that a lot of the things that I've said so far applies to retail locations, but frankly, the same is true as well in in your service-based business as well. There are definitely opportunities that you can uh, provide that same level of appreciation. And that's something that certainly I know... Everybody's feeling this time of year as we move into uh, move from Thanksgiving, move into the rest of the holidays. Make sure whether it's an accounting client, a legal client, whatever the case may be, you're saying thank you. You're saying thank you for that continued loyalty um, in the midst of turbulent times. You know, many of your customers have made it with you throughout COVID they may not be seeing you as frequently in person. And that's why sending those messages and, and putting on those holiday parties and sending that appreciation means such a big deal. Uh, definitely be sure to check out our sponsors because those are who I am grateful for. We have Tom Mirabali from HealthPlanChicago.com for all of your health insurance needs. And of course, Laura Catcherbone-Jerace from Coldwell Banker Stafford Place for all of your real estate needs. We're very grateful for them. They're awesome, awesome supporters of the program. And again, I'm grateful to you, our amazing listeners, for uh, for keeping us on the air and grateful for the folks behind the scenes at AM560 and uh, and wherever you may be finding these podcasts. So again, a quick break here on Get Down to Business. We've got a lot more small business jobs and entrepreneurship in store for you, so you don't want to touch that dial. Happy holidays to you. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And I've been super excited for this conversation because I am joined by the co-founder and CEO of Recovery Unplugged, which helps heal addiction through the power of music. I'm joined by Andrew Sawson, who wants the transformational treatment offered at Re- Recovery Unplugged to be plugged into the American fabric. Andrew, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for joining us.
4: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
1: It is such a pleasure to have you. You are uh, you are a, a cool dude. You're doing amazing, amazing stuff, helping helping a lot of folks. And I was excited, especially this time of year, to really uh, to really highlight the important work. I know you've had some amazing milestones, some huge events over the past few months. And uh, this time of year, it's we we need more goodness. So again, Recovery Unplugged is a national behavioral health healthcare organization with locations across the country that combine evidence-based practice with music to help clients more readily embrace treatment. Andrew, how did you get into this line of work?
4: So definitely not something I thought I'd ever be doing. Uh, You know, I, I was in the insurance industry, call center industry, many other things, but uh, throughout my life, I had a lot of people that were struggling that we've helped. And then after my wife and I got married, we had several family members that were in and out of treatment and uh, that we were paying for. And we just didn't understand. what We didn't understand And I had made a comment once that it'd be cheaper for me to open up my own treatment center than keep paying for other ones. That uh, turned into a conversation with a good friend of mine that I met at a Tony Robbins seminar 23 years ago. And uh, coming back from a a seminar in Fiji with Tony, he said, look, you know, you can't say something like that and not do it. Uh, He introduced me to a gentleman that helped create the mental health and drug court system, uh, who was also friends with Richie Supa, who had created the, the, the idea behind Recovery Unplugged. Richie was a singer so, is a singer songwriter for the last fifty years, and wanted to use music as a catalyst for therapy. Uh, didn't know what I didn't know, and just you know embarked on a journey of let's figure out how we can make this work using music as a catalyst with evidence based treatment. That was ten years ago uh, in October. Um, very grateful that my mother in law, my sister in law, uh, my cousin in law. Some of our first clients are alive and well and thriving today, along with uh, 13,000 other people as of the end of last month, and uh, looking forward to the impact. You know I'm grateful for what we've done extremely, and I'm really excited about what we're going to do now. Um, you know first couple of years were, we're about trying to figure out how to make this work. The middle years were trying to stay in business, fighting insurance companies, not understanding that game. Thought that if I did well, it would just work out, was a little naive, and then the last couple of years were stabilizing and uh, moving to the future.
1: Incredible! Those are some incredible numbers, and realizing that each and every person um, has a story behind, and, and you're impacting so many, uh, so many families that are able to spend Thanksgiving together again through your Re- recovery, unplugged behavioral health, um, which is uh, which is great. And I, I want to talk about um, this. Uh, some of your new initiatives. You just launched this fully online outpatient program and its new mental health-based program, which I, would, which I just highlighted. Can we talk a little bit about that?
4: Sure. So, you know, in the beginning, we were just, you know, an inpatient treatment center. COVID changed the world uh, in many different ways. And we had to meet people where they were at and they couldn't even get to us. There were travel bans. You couldn't people in the same room. So we launched our, you know, online uh, intensive Outpatient Program for Substance Abuse, and then we got so many requests for people that, you know, weren't battling uh, drugs or alcohol, but they were battling depression, anxiety, PTSD uh, at high levels. So we took the methods that we proved that worked um, and launched a Recovery and Plug Mental Health Institute uh, concept, and that has now grown into an intensive outpatient program online for mental health. Uh, in addition to substance abuse, and we are now opening our first inpatient mental health facility here in South Florida at the beginning of 2024. And thank now we can uh, thank you very much. We we can now <clears throat> help people throughout the states we operate in: Florida, Texas, Tennessee, uh, uh, Virginia, DC area, and New Jersey. Um, anywhere, so we have people in rural Texas, rural Tennessee that you know are able to access our program uh, via our online intensive outpatient services.
1: I'm chatting with Andrew Sossen, the, uh, the co-founder and CEO of Recovery Unplugged, um, which, uh, again, is focusing on helping heal addiction through the power of music. We're going to talk a little bit more about that mission in just a moment. But uh, Andrew, before we cut to break, I, I did notice that you, uh, you're you 100% in-network and you can take any insurance. But in particular, something I saw in a recent interview that you did is that you also help active military service members. Can you talk a little bit about your, your work in supporting veterans?
4: Yes, uh, we actually, just as of November 1st, um, went in network with TRICARE for active military and the VA uh, for retired military. Um, Just a horrible situation right now, suicides every day. I have my own uh, in my family and my wife's family. We have people that were in the Army, the Navy, uh, first cousins of both of ours, um, and just trying to do what we can to help uh, those people that are keeping us. Uh, free and safe.
1: No, I, I'm grateful for that. Um, as you may know, I, I serve in the Army, and I'm, I'm, I, I have uh, seen, especially this time of year, um, the, uh, the, the the challenges that a lot of folks face in that reintegration. And, and again, the support that, that you're providing is incredible. Um, your company, again, which I understand this may be somewhat dated information, but you have uh, over 385 full-time employees, including 24-hour doctors, nurses, You've helped, like you said, more than 13,000 patients since its inception. Andrew, my understanding is that you're expecting the company to serve well over 100,000 patients in the near future due to the expanded online services. Congratulations on all of that. We're going to come back in just a moment as we continue our conversation with the co-founder and CEO of Recovery Unplugged, helping heal addiction through the power of music. It's Andrew Sassen, and we'll be right back on the show. All about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, sycline.com, so you don't miss a single episode. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share on your favorite podcast apps. But again, get down to business. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dial. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. As we uh, lead back in with the music, uh, it's a perfect segue into our conversation. Again, co-founder, CEO of Recovery Unplugged, um, a simple mission: using music as a catalyst for therapy combined with evidence-based treatment for people battling addiction and mental health issues. Andrew, thanks again for uh, for joining us. You just celebrated your tenth anniversary. Just opened your sixth clinic. Um, of course, you're expanding your uh, your your mental health-based program, uh, completely outpatient and online. Congratulations on all of that. Let's get into the gist of of why why music. Um, Andrew, what's why, why why does music help with uh, with behavioral health?
4: Everybody associates to music. You know, um, people could say they love country, hip hop, rock, classical. But if it goes back to when you were born, I mean, when you're in the mother's room, you're hearing the heartbeat. That's our first association to music. So we realized very early on is that utilizing music to break down defenses and build rapport, allow people to open up. Most people that go to treatment, whether mental health or addiction don't want to be there. And they fight every day for the first 27 of 28 days with us. We're able to break through within 24 to 48 hours, utilizing music to break down those defenses.
1: And this is personal for you. I know you had a, uh, you, you were in an ICU um, in 2021 um, due to a, uh, due to a uh, barbecue explosion and, um, Andrew, I mean, I'm glad you've you've recovered well, but what kind of music were you listening to and what kind of impact did that have on in your recovery?
4: So one of the things I learned at Recovery Unplugged is that not only the music for me, but the music for our staff, for our nurses, that's most important. So when I was in the hospital uh, after I was conscious, I found out what the favorite music of the nurses were, and I had their playlist playing when they were working on me. I had severe burns it was extremely painful won't get into it but when they were happier i got better treatment so i had some nurses literally that loved enrique iglesias and others that liked metallica and pearl jam so depending on what shift every eight hour shift i would find out what music they liked have their music playing and i had a much better experience
1: (laughs) that's great yeah exactly when the when the people caring for you are 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 driven and, you know, definitely music sets that tone. So I want to spend our last two minutes or so talking a little bit about, uh, addiction and mental health, because, uh, I know you've been quoted as saying people used to whisper about those things, but you're seeing a change, aren't you, Andrew?
4: Oh, completely. People are unfortunately on the addiction side, you know, with fentanyl right now, which is everywhere and everything, uh, people are dying every day, uh, young and old. And then on the mental health side, you know, just it's, it's, Unfortunately, you know, it used to be you know one out of ten. Now it's half the population are battling literally something right now. So people, you know, are much more open about it, and there's a lot more resources. So you know, our goal in why I'm talking to you and every, you know uh, being out there right now is letting people know we exist, so we can provide that that help.
1: Absolutely, and you're breaking that stigma again through through music. Um, it, it's really a, I think I think this is. I can only speak for myself. I think when, when I've thought of, of again, uh, facilities like yours, you know, you think of a more sterile location, maybe it's because of what's in the movies, but uh, certainly you've broken that your logo literally has a guitar. Um, recovery unplugged. And so you, you really want to encourage folks to, uh, to, again, start that recovery uh, journey. Um, and you've got uh, an amazing staff. Um, and, uh, and and certainly, uh, I, I imagine that uh, that your staff are regularly sharing their favorite music as well.
4: Yeah. And, and, you know, I think it's very important just to say in the last minute here, none of this happens without our team. You know, I could have the best ideas in the world. I could be extremely driven with my, you know, with our, with our executive leadership team, but the, you know, we're a little over 400 now full time people every day. They make this happen. This doesn't work without them. We have extremely dedicated, amazing people all over the country and online that without them, you know, this doesn't work.
1: Well, let's get our listeners in touch with you so they could get in touch with you and your staff. How can they do that?
4: Recoveryunplugged.com. Uh, we have 24-hour Life Saving Center. We have 24-hour chat. We could call. We could text. We could, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, every single way to meet somebody, we could talk to you.
1: Well, Andrew, we'll make sure we'll link in our show notes as well at recoverandplug.com. Thank you so much for sharing your passion. I can't wait to bring you back on, Andrew. Really, really enjoyed the conversation. That's a wrap for us this week on Get Down to Business. We'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. Again, happy holidays to success. Let's get down to business.